listening to the digest this is episode 21 and the double feature for this episode is a pair of stop-motion animated horror films we're going to be talking about Coraline the like a uh, Neil Gaiman adaptation from the mid-2000s as well as the Wolf House which is a uh, Chilean or Spanish German co-production something like that Chilean Chilean co-production it's uh uh under the radar weird weird stop-motion animated film so look forward to that that'll be coming up very soon but first let me introduce my co-host Paris welcome to the show how are you hey um I'm doing all right (laughs) (laughs) Could be dying. Stay tuned for uh, stay tuned for digest after dark for all the details of uh, why that is the oh case. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and Travis, how's it going, man? Hello, hello. I am doing better than Paris. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's just get right into it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Wolf House first. Uh, before I read a plot synopsis. Paris, these were your picks. Anything uh, in way of uh, introduction as far as your uh, your choices for this episode? Yeah, so um, I had never seen either of these in full. Um, I had heard about The Wolf House from a TikTok channel that I like to follow that unfortunately I don't have the name of right now, um, but if I find it in time, I'll have Matt put it in the show notes, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seemed really interesting. I saw some clips of it and it really looked like something I'd never seen before. And then Coraline's a, another stop motion horror that I uh, have been wanting to see for a long time. Very cool. All right. Well, let's start things off with The Wolf House. So this is a 2018 film. The plot synopsis is tells the story of Maria, a young woman who takes refuge in a house in southern Chile after escaping from a German colony. Uh, It's directed by Joaquin Cocina and Cristobal Leon. And it's weird. Let's start things there. It's fucking weird. Um, Who wants to go first? It was uh, an interesting experience, to say the least. Uh, I can kick it off. I don't really have too much to say about it, so might as well get me out of the way first. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty indifferent on this movie. I would say it's not really for me. A little too avant-garde, artsy-fartsy. Like, I don't know. It felt more like a like a piece of art than it did an actual movie, and... Mm-hmm. The story was kind of hard to follow and was pretty, uh, even though it was pretty minimal, I, I still was struggling to just like stay invested. And I thought the imagery was pretty cool. It reminded me of like a David Lynch uh, short film when he like, you know, does some mm-hmm. like weird ass stop in animation um, stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this one. I feel like I need to watch it again at some point, but I doubt I'm ever going to have the urge <laughs> to rewatch it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm kind of in a similar boat like i was very struck by the craft of this movie like i think paris said this like i've never really seen anything like this and it's just so bizarre and like kind of crude like not in like an amateur sense but just like the design of the like the characters and the way that they're always changing forms and it's like you look at something like Coraline 
which is very like manicured Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's very impressive and it's beautiful but it's like palatable clean Mm -hmm. very clean this is like messy and like it changes form so much throughout the film like the characters are represented using you know like there's a sequence where they're they almost look like dolls there's a sequence where they're like paintings singing around a candle there's like it's a very very strange experience watching this movie and i don't know i it's a tough one because i like respect the hell out of this movie but i really did not enjoy it while i was watching it if that makes sense like there were cool images and in the moment i was into it but i had a really hard time following the plot what what little plot there is and i don't know it started to get a little repetitious for me just because so often a scene will start in like an empty room and like the objects will just fill in you know the camera will pan and it looks like the dresser will just like fill in and i don't know after seeing that like 15 times i kind of started to <laughs> to lose interest a little bit but Man, it's it's an interesting film. I will definitely give it that. Um, Paris, where where did you land on this one? I'm I'm unsure which direction you're gonna go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, I was a little unsure while watching it too. I had some of the same issues as you guys. Like, I definitely think that this film could have benefited from being quite a bit shorter. Um. It runs at about an hour, maybe a little bit less, and I think it very. It could have been a little bit more effective at closer to a 30 minute mark, but I think a little, maybe a little bit different than y'all. The fact that there's some, there's just constant movement. The fact that it is so, so like visceral and like messy and you can see all the parts moving and it's just constantly in and out. like. That gave me like like a pretty constant sense of dread throughout the whole thing and tension that didn't st- and like kind of almost like an anxiety level that didn't stop for me really until it was over. And I think that I can't remember quite if I looked it up before during everything before during or after like what exactly I did. But I think a lot of the story actually exists outside of the movie. And um, because it's based on a Nazi colony that was actually in Chile called uh, Colonia Dignidad or the Dignity Colony of uh, Nazis that came over in the 19, um, a colony that existed from Nazis that came over and this was in the 1960s. And it was started by a German child molester and was home to lots of, yeah, and was home to lots of prominent Nazis such as Joseph Mengel. And it really, so like all of the stuff where she's talking about taking in, like at the beginning, and I didn't even think about this until later, but at the beginning when Maria is banished from the colony for being too friendly with and then eventually freeing the animals, it's not till later that I realized the animals are actually Chilean prisoners that they have there that they're torturing and murdering. So, yeah, I mean, the thing about this kind of movie is that you can you can clearly tell just based on what you described that this is very much a a a cultural touch point. Like this is not something this Nazi camp in Chile is not something that most Americans are going to be familiar with. And like that's not a detriment to the movie. But without any of that context. I mean, this movie just feels like a play on the three little pigs or something, right? You know, like, I I, I found out some of that stuff that you're referencing after the fact when I I read up a little bit. And I kind of, you know, the movie opens with that weird, like, it's almost, it's not news footage, but it's like presented as archival footages Mm -hmm. of like, honey? Like, I don't. I don't remember exactly what they call it, but they like, you know, they, they establish that there's this like, you know, there's this colony, these people who live out here and Maria like, you know, escapes and she finds this house in the woods and there's like the wolf outside and there's these pigs who live in the house and they like turn into, 
she names them Anna and Pedro. And it's just, by the end of it, I was like, okay, well, clearly this is some sort of, like, propaganda from the compound or whatever, because it's like, (laughs) she basically gets, um, like, shit kind of hits the fan at the end of the film, becomes significantly more like nightmarish I would say in the last like 20 minutes or so right and the narrator from the beginning of the film comes back in and I was like okay like I kind of pieced together the bookends and I was like okay well is this like a cult thing where this is like a video that's supposed to like you know it's like propaganda for the compound or something he said that in the beginning right he said we've made this for you and we're showing you this video that we've made so I, I felt like that was pretty clear that it was propaganda from the beginning. Was that not? Uh, I thought I thought that was... I thought that the narrator stated that in the beginning after you see the newsreel. And he was like, here's a film that we've made to show new people that come to our colony. I mean, that that might be the case. But I didn't have any of the... Like, I knew nothing about this movie before I started watching it. I just put it on. So, like, I didn't find out about the, like, real life connection until after the fact. So I don't know if I just wasn't paying close enough attention or like it didn't I was very confused by like the setup of the film from that. Like you hearing you say that makes sense, but I don't know if that's exactly like I don't know. I didn't get that I didn't piece that together till the end, I guess, that this was gotcha, like yeah. produced supposed to be produced by that compound and it's like I don't know. What are they going for? Here? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting, though, how, like, even in this, like, propaganda film, like, they show Maria running away, right? And it's almost like... It's almost like Maria... Like, Maria runs away because she doesn't want to get punished because she's being too friendly with the animals or the prisoners or whomever. But, like, it is kind of, I I don't know, I thought it was kind of interesting that even then, like, even with that bit of goodness or whatever you want to call it, Maria still seems like she's almost trying to create her own colony, you know? Like, she's the leader and they have to follow her rules and it's exactly the same as the other colony and eventually there it comes to a head and I actually wanted to ask you guys a lot about the um what you thought about the sort of climactic burning I don't want to say scene but like that portion of the movie like if you thought that that was to be taken literally or metaphorically or what y'all thought about that oh I wasn't really reading anything in this film to be (laughs) literal (laughs) I just, I don't know. I kind of had a hard time interpreting it because I was like, <laughs> I wasn't reading oh, anything man. in this film at all. Ever. No, it just, it <laughs> felt like a nightmare. Like I, I, like while I was watching it, it felt to me like it was like supposed to be like a manifestation of Maria's thoughts or something and her like insecurities and her like, yeah, dude, totally. And I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't read I this isn't really a movie that I feel like you can read like a start to finish like plot thread, like a literal plot. Like so much of it is like whispering and weird sound design oh, and God, just drifting the- from room Maria. to room. Yeah. Ooh, that freaked me out so much. Like I just, I-, I appreciated the film as like a piece of like weird avant-garde, like, n- like a, a nightmare, you know? But it just, I lost yeah. interest because it just seemed like each sequence was just a new nightmare, you know? Kind and of, I don't have know. Have you guys seen, I know, Matt, I know you have, but uh, Travis, have you seen uh, Mother? Which one? Not the Bong Jun Ho one, the. Um, Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm, the Aronofsky oh. one. Yes, I have. Because yeah. this kind of reminded me of Mother a lot where things just keep escalating and escalating and it's wild. And it's, it's kind of like it's something that happens to you for less of a movie and more of like, like Matt, like you were talking about, or I think Travis, you were talking about actually that it's like more just art to be experienced. And that was kind of my feeling of this movie, but both like with mother, I don't need to see this again and probably won't, but I did enjoy it. And it sounds like you guys maybe didn't only for so long i 
yeah, like Matt said, kind of lost interest at some point just because it felt kind of repetitive and not knowing the context was also like a, a barrier. I mean, it's it's really cool, right? It's impressive to watch. I just like I think Mother Mother is an interesting comparison because it's got the, you know, the single location kind of feel. It's it's very the like, almost one shotness of it, too. Yeah. But I think as as weird and kind of harsh of a movie as Mother is, like, I feel like it's allegory is way much more apparent than this movie you know what i mean because i mean the mother is literally using biblical names and even if you have limited familiarity with the bible like there are aspects of that story that you can understand just from having like a a general sense of of christianity and bible stories you know what i mean so it's like yeah that movie is similar that part felt similar to like how they use like the three little pig story to give that same like kind of a thread of plot or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe it was because mother, I actually think when I was watching it, I understood it less than this one. After reading more up on it, I think I got it a little bit more and there's a lot of different interpretations and stuff, but like this one, I felt like made more sense to me or something. It sounds like though you guys had the opposite feeling. Yeah. I yeah. even after even <laughs> 15 minutes into this discussion I still don't know what the fuck this movie was about like really you know what I mean like I I get that like I don't know I just have a hard time wrapping my head around can I like, can I share what I think like the linear plot story is yeah please do I mean I I think that like the the actual linear plot story is like pretty straightforward pretty simple there's this Nazi colony where a bunch of little white German, you know, people are running around. They are uh, murdering and torturing Chilean people. Uh, Maria lets some of the prisoners go. So she is uh, punished to, like, not talk or something. So then she runs away from the colony, gets lost in the woods, find this house with these, like, two small children in it. Um, and then decides to now I think she is also a child just maybe a little bit older but still a child and so she decides that she wants to live with these children and she's gonna run her own colony but in a way where people don't get punished the way that she does and then they're stuck in this house and it's over the course of maybe a few weeks or something like that and they start running out of food and every time they go in the pantry the food is rotting and and they, she has taught these kids not to leave the house because she doesn't, because she just wants to be able to take care of them. And she thinks that that's how society works since she's only ever lived in this colony. And then eventually um, they get so, they're, they're going to like carve her up to eat her because they are like, we need to eat and you know, you're bad, I guess, or whatever. And then mm-hmm. eventually the people from the colony find Maria uh, you know, do a murder on the other rest of the kids and then put Maria back in the colony. So I I got that much, like for the most okay. part, I got that. Yeah. Like a, a, aside from like the opening context of like her fleeing the colony, like and I get that she fled and she wound up at this house, but it's like, like she first arrives at the house and they're pigs. And I get that they're like, I, like, I don't know. I was confused as far as did she come to this house and she was like starved or something and she finds these pigs and she personifies them and they're not literally people you know like i I think the whole story turns the chilean people into describes them as animals i think that those were actually people those were actually little kids again up to interpretation of course but that was my interpretation was that those were children that she initially saw as animals because that's how they saw them in the colony. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I will treat them like children. Why are they... They look like little German kids, though. Only after she pours the honey on them. And see, that's why I was very curious about y'all's interpretation of the burning scene and the honey. Because I felt like that... I wasn't sure if that was so... That one seemed more metaphorical to me. Like, she hurt them or did something bad i don't think she actually burned the house 
and then actually put honey on them. I thought maybe she even like made them wear like like fake wig things like out of straw or something. I don't know. I was that was the part where I was kind of losing it the the thread a little bit. That's why I was so curious about what you guys thought. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm no fucking help to you there. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um I I don't know, ma'am. I like I I I think I'm not fully expressing the fact that I did like the movie. I think it's just one of those movies where I respect it and admire it more than I enjoy it. Like I'm ultimately fair, yeah. I'm ultimately going to give it a, a a good star rating and I think it was impactful. It's just not something, you know, like Travis said, it's just not for it's me, not necessarily entertainment. No. Yeah. And not. I'm glad I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm glad to have watched it for sure, but I don't know. It's just um Yeah, just to check the box. <laughs> we <laughs> doing a lot of that on this show. Oh no, we got another oh, box yeah. checker, huh? <laughs> <sighs> All right. I I don't have anything beyond that to contribute to the conversation so i don't know if either of you had anything you Mm, wanted to add the little i contributed was about all i had (laughs) (laughs) um i guess the only other thing that i wanted to contribute is that i thought it was interesting that uh obviously we're going to talk more about Coraline in a second but uh this movie was completed over five years And like we talked about earlier, kind of has a lot more grittier, a lot more DIY feel to it. And it's just really interesting to see like Coraline. I kept almost like not believing that Coraline was actually stop motion and wasn't digital because this one you could tell, right? It was very clearly, obviously done by hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there's almost something to be said for that, that at first... I I hated that. At first I was like, this doesn't look good and I don't like it. And then it kind of grew on me and I almost really liked it because it gave it more of a spooky, gritty, gross, you know, like unsettling vibe. And I think that there's something to be said for that. I'll, I'll be honest, about 40 minutes into this movie, the thought popped into my head where I was like, you know... I kind of have a feeling Harmony Corinne probably likes this movie. Oh my god! And I god. just like kind of got a little no. sick, and I was like, "Ugh, it's just you know no. what I mean." It's like it's avant garde, it's dirty, it's Did it's low budget. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do a Google search to see if I could get any like cross references <laughs> on it, but I don't know. Just like it's it's kind of ugly, right? Like this movie is ugly and intentionally so, like. It's not ugly from like a, oh, wow, you suck at what you're doing. It's ugly in that it's just like meant to be disturbing and evoke a certain sensation. And I think, like, I'll be honest. Yeah, I was a little on edge and the tension was good in this movie. But there were moments in Coraline that creeped me out more than this movie. You know what I mean? And I think that Mm. I, I would attribute that to it just being like you lose yourself in Coraline. We'll talk about this more, but it's just so well made. Right. So you kind of forget you're watching a stop motion movie. This movie, you you know, the whole time that you're watching like a very deliberate kind of crude manipulation of these like paper mache figures in the space. And it just kind of, I never allowed myself to like really be, creeped out or scared or anything just because it was so apparent that I couldn't I didn't lose myself in this movie if that makes sense where I kind of did with Coraline yeah I I could see that okay any other thoughts on uh the wolf house Mm. La Casa Lobos but um, uh I did just do a little research on IMDb (laughs) Any hits? Trash Humpers is technically horror, according to IMDb. So we're not doing it. 
could be a future candidate. For nope. The Sorry. I, I'm going to veto. It's not going to happen, bud. Nope. 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 You heard it here first, whoa, guys, whoa, whoa, on whoa. the air. We never established vetoes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch Cannibal Fucks 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cannibal so. fee fucks. <laughs> <laughs> fee fifo fucks. <laughs> I you you know for a fact I no. w- I'm not going to subject myself to that ever again in You'll my just life. Just go off memory. <laughs> 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 yeah. I just no, I've tried to purge that experience from my mind. My, <laughs> I don't know. The only scene I re- we're off track here, but the only scene I remember from that movie and I can't remember what he says, but there's someone it's like two minutes where it's like some character with like a super high voice is like, get it, get it, get it, get it. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about, right, Travis? (laughs) (laughs) For weeks, I couldn't get that out of my head. And I was like, I need to walk in traffic or do something. Cause this is bad. Well, it's, I mean, to kind of bring it back to what we're actually uh, talking about. Um, (laughs) Uh, the, when the narrator goes, Maria, like that was stuck in my head for a while. Like that, that kind of spooked me out actually. Yeah. I think the sound design is probably the creepiest part of this movie for me. Like, yeah. The whispering and the, I don't know the textural, whatever of it. I don't know. Especially because we, we don't speak the language. Like I would be curious. There were moments where it was like overlapping voices, right? But it's, so the screen's only going to show subtitles for, like, the main narrator or whatever the loudest voice is. But there were moments where it sounded like characters were saying the same thing. And then there were other times where it sounded like they were saying different things. And mm. it was very eerie. And I would be curious, like, if we spoke the language, like, if they were actually saying something different that just wasn't. It didn't come across in the subtitles. You know what I mean? Um, that definitely get I thought a was Chilean the most, translator. Right. <laughs> that was the most uncanny thing about the movie for me was the sound design. I thought, I thought that was really well done. All right. You guys ready for star ratings? Let's do sure it. thing. I'm going to give the Wolf House a 3.5. Three for me. That's so funny. I also am going to give The Wolf House a 3.5, but I feel like I liked it a lot better than you did. I don't know. Um, I think probably. you understand it more than we do because you <laughs> researched the <laughs> whole fair. fucking Nazi cult or whatever. But. <laughs> That's fair. I almost, I was close to giving it a four. It was a borderline for me, but after uh, having, when I first watched it, I was much closer to a four and it's been a little bit. I'm much more like... Eh, I don't know. It's definitely not something I want to return to, and it's it has its place, but it's, I'll stick with 3.5. For sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Coraline. So. Um, I actually need to take a quick break. Okay, we'll be taking a quick break. <laughs> we will be back momentarily. All right, we're back. Moving on to Coraline. So I'm sure our listeners are familiar, but if you're not, I'll go ahead and read the plot synopsis. An adventurous 11-year-old girl finds another world that is a strangely idealized version of her frustrating home, but it has sinister secrets. The writer and director is Harry Selleck, based on the book by Neil Gaiman. This is from the famed Leica, Leica, what is it? Leica Productions, Leica Studios, Leica Studios, something like that. Go Studios, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of Coraline? I should ask. Was this? A, I know Paris. Yeah. You said it was a first time watch. But. Real quick, I think you yeah. said Harry Selleck. It's Henry. Did I say Harry? I read Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well possible. Paris, you going to chime in here? Henry, Harry, what I do? I honestly have no idea. I'm just trying to stay alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm barely listening. <laughs> All right. Well, only the listeners know at this point. Thank you for the maybe correction, Travis. <laughs> uh, no Henry Selleck. Um, yeah. So, Travis, this was not a first time watch for you, right? You saw it back in the day. Nope. Yep. Okay. Paris, first time watch? 
or at least all the way through. Yeah, um, I had read the, well, I had actually read like two thirds of the book when I was 13 at a friend's house. And then never again. Since. Just ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, because I was, you know, have you ever done that when you're like at your friend's house? And no, like, never. so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I forgot Travis doesn't know how to read. <laughs> My bad. Um, no, like, so I, I, I don't know. I used to be a big reader when I was a kid, possibly to a, to a fault in the fact that I was reading at my friend's house. But I was reading her book, Coraline. Um, and her name is Amanda. Actually, shout out my seventh grade friend, Amanda. Woo! She's not listening. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so I read it and I was really interested in it, but I never got to like... And then my parents like picked me up and then I was like, okay. And then I never got to finish. I couldn't remember what the book's name was. And then years later, I think it was probably when the movie came out. I was like, oh shit, I know that book. And then so like I knew about the button eyes, but I didn't know how it ended. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, I really, really liked Coraline. Um, it's maybe my favorite like a uh, film it's between this and paranorman for me um i really like paranorman but i had never Is seen Kubo it in the, the two strings on on that list too yeah uh, that's the same studio that's right probably third yeah kubo okay. is really good okay. but um kubo is probably third for me i think yeah Coraline or, or paranorman i gotta see paranorman again i haven't seen it since theaters but um i just love the aesthetic of leica films and just the world building they do like this is stop motion animation but you just like lose yourself in the world that they create like honestly this movie was weirder than i thought it was gonna be there's some like weird sequences kind of sprinkled throughout the movie that are like very strange and super creative and i think the cast is really good like i love the voice actors i really like the performances of um other mother and other father um which mm. are terry hatcher and john hodgman respectively um i just love that i love the mystery elements because i didn't really know much about the plot other than like I knew that she goes into another world and there's like button eyed people. Right. Like that was really all I knew about this movie. So I really love that the movie takes its time setting that up and it becomes increasingly eerie. The more time she returns to the other world. And it's just like, I don't know. I was all in on this movie and I'm curious to see if, um, if you guys were all in or if uh, this was uh, lame, what's fucking hearing it? Travis, I heard you uh, lick your lips or whatever. What uh, I did? What was coming? <laughs> <laughs> you were like getting uh, ready to talk. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I really like this movie, love this movie as well. Um, like Matt said, I had seen it before, so this was a rewatch for me. Kind of wish I would have watched it in 3D this time. Uh, I think it was made with that in mind, and I think the uh, some of the sequences would pop even more. And um, yeah, like Matt said, the aesthetic is amazing. Um, the animation's awesome. Like the the des- the set designs, the creature and character designs, all the colors. And um, just like the contrast of like the the other worlds, and um, it's pretty cool that this movie exists because it feels like it's a horror movie that like younger kids could enjoy. Maybe not like you know, I don't know how old you'd have to be to for this to be appropriate, but um, <laughs> it seems like a good you know like introduction into horror movies or something a little scarier than i don't know like monsters inc or something <laughs> um right for sure <laughs> but yeah uh i do really like this movie and um we can get more into the uh themes and all that later cool paris let's hear it yeah so i also really like this movie um i was immediately 
really taken with kind of like Matt, like you were talking about, like the just the the whole vibe and like the the energy or something. I don't I don't even know how to explain it. Like the whole world that it's setting up. I was just immediately in it. I think if anything, and we can get on this more in depth later, but I think if anything, the only thing that really took it away from me a little bit in some parts were the fact that occasionally I was like, oh yeah, this is a kid's movie. And I, I'm going to be honest, I can't even quite put my finger on which parts those were off the top of my head, but I almost wished that, and I know that it, it like, it is a children's movie, like in general, maybe a little bit older children, but I almost wished it wasn't. I almost, I, I wanted it to be a little bit spookier, but that was, that was such a small, like a small uh, criticism. I would say it really like, I don't know, it really enchanted me. Uh, like, like we were saying, like, it, it is so smooth, especially after watching The Wolf House, like the stop mo to think that it's stop motion animation still and it looks digital is such a feat like I I'm just so impressed with the animation and it is also really weird in a fun way and it it feels very it reminded me a lot of um did you guys ever read Roald Dahl books when you're younger obviously the movies but they all have their own takes on that but did you guys ever read the books I guess more Matt since Travis you don't uh... have to read no, probably like one <laughs> or two growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Where where the wildings are us rolled all right. Mm-mm. No. Then that was no. a different person. <laughs> that, oh, that was Maurice oh. uh Maurice uh send, <laughs> Yeah, Setlack. Who's the fucking Roll Doll is like the Twits, um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Roll Doll. Road Dog? Road Dog. James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. Um No. The no. witches, no. like a lot of his books, have been made into adaptations. Yeah, but I used to read them a lot when I was little, and it definitely had this like kind of like spooky, random feel that makes sense for for like children, like like cool children, you know? Mm -hmm. You're like a cool kid. <laughs> <The cool. laughs> no, but it's just like weird in a way that also feels very like enchanting and magical and interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I was kind of struck by how just like kind of creepy this movie was like. So, for example, I want to read briefly my favorite uh, letterbox review of this movie. Um, it goes, I know there's people who say that this shit ain't scary, but like this shit be scary. It's my favorite letterbox wow. review. <laughs> It's very eloquent. <laughs> it was, uh, there were multiple sequences, especially towards the end, like where the other mother like completes her like transformation. It was freaky. And I was like sweating a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like I was just a hundred percent on board with like this story and the aesthetic they were going for. And just, I don't know the strangeness, like the fact that this was, made in in 2009 like as a kids movie like marketed as a kids movie it's just so like such a breath of fresh air and i kind of cool feel kids, like you know? <laughs> i, I kind of wish i had seen it back then right because like i've seen like i think all of their other movies now except for missing link i never saw missing link but like box trolls okay. box trolls paranorman kubo like I've seen all of their other movies and it's like this, like some of their other movies kind of feel a little more by the numbers, a little bit more generic just from like a creative perspective. This movie is like the colors pop and it's like super goth and Coraline herself is just like such a badass. Like she's not, She's, she gets scared in the way that a kid would get scared, but she's just, like, so fearless. And there's moments where you're like, don't go back there. Why, what are you doing? Why would you go back there? And she does it, and she does something <laughs> super heroic and badass, and it's, like, awesome. I was 100% on board with this movie. Well, For and, sure. um, like, the uh, the characters are quirky, and there are funny moments, but it doesn't feel like a... Pixar DreamWorks movie where it's more the like broad humor or like mm -hmm. you know like broad stereotypes like everyone has like their you know 
own personality, but it doesn't feel like as, I don't know, generic. Totally. It's very distinct, I would say, in that way. And while it does have some of that almost like Tim Burton vibes, I would say it's definitely its own thing in the way that it like like all the different characters and it's very it, it's almost more charming than some of Tim Burton's work in a way that it's like not so oh I don't know what you call it same it's same like, it's just like goofy and bond yeah his it stuff. is definitely <laughs> more like actually scary and actually kind of quirky and weird like I don't know if you guys caught this but when they go into town and it, there's like oh the Shakespeare festival I immediately was like oh my god I wonder if that's taking place in Ashland Oregon where the Shakespeare festival takes place and it definitely had that like moody Pacific Northwest vibes and then it turns mm -hmm. out like after reading about it yep it actually was supposed to take place there because I guess that's where um the writer director is from, I guess. Yeah, Leica's out of Portland, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. Or somewhere in Oregon. It's around, yeah. It's I don't know the specific city, like Beaverton or fucking Salem or something. I don't know. But Leica is based out of there. The so the the, the Tim Burton connection makes sense because I mean this is the guy who who directed Nightmare before christmas so it's like you have that obvious like right which is what you connection. always kind of associate like tim burton with right even though he was barely involved in that right right you associate his name with that movie even though it's he was just a producer on it but like so it makes sense and then obviously like like a kind of blew up from here and i don't i'm pretty sure that guy didn't come back and do any other any other films with them but for I was sure. just looking at their Wikipedia and they did some like they were contractors for Corpse Bride, which makes perfect sense because mm -hmm. that that is a Tim Burton joint. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, looks that that movie feels like a fucking Tim Burton joint. But um, it just felt, you know, it felt original and, and ahead of its time. And you're just so yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, so it also kind of felt like, have you guys ever read or any of Neil Gaiman's works or watched any of the adaptations of any of his stuff? Of whose? Neil Gaiman stuff? Neil Gaiman. Yeah. So like he did American Gods and um, uh, not Angels and Demons. Shoot. The one that sounds like that and like a Nazi's children and... No, what? and this, and he's done a lot of like uh, graphic novel stuff. I have very little familiarity with the work of Neil Gaiman. I have not okay. seen read any of his comics. I know the name, not... but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other, well, the other interesting thing I liked about it is that it does have his feel in there. Like I said, I haven't read Coraline since I was little, and it was I didn't finish it, but I have read some of his other like his actual novels and graphic novel works and it, it, it definitely has his style like it definitely feels like it could like he it it definitely feels like one of his works and he's even said that it's like the fate his favorite adaptation of his writing and it totally makes sense because like while it's while it's still like for children it's very creepy and very particular and very clever and I've always read Neil Gaiman as being very clever in a very interesting and almost random way, but it all loops back together. And I feel like that's kind of how this movie is too. Like, like having the character of Wiley in there at first, I was like, this feels unnecessary. Like what's he even doing here other than being maybe like an audience stand in and the way he comes back in the end and almost like loops the whole story together. I was like, wow, this feels very well thought out. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I really like, <clears throat> I feel like kids movies, the um, expectation would probably be to just like kind of move from set piece to set piece and have some comedic relief. And like this movie is really deliberately paced and takes its time, like establishing an atmosphere that like feels strange oh, yeah. and like lived in. And I just really appreciate like the slower pace of it. Um I was never bored and I, I just like, I like that the movie takes its time 
like setting all that stuff up. And then by the time you get to the climax, you're just like so invested and it really gets crazy. Like talk about set pieces. Like some of the stuff that happens at the end of the movie is like, Oh yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Well, and speaking of like atmospheric, I, we haven't talked about it yet, but the score for this, Mm -hmm. holy shit. I was peeing my pants. I was so stoked off this. (laughs) And especially in like, the other gardens, the first uh, other world garden scene, when the music comes up and then it's almost like, uh, I forget the word for it, but it's like in the scene itself. It's not just background. It was so like really made you want to dive right in and feel like you're really there. Like that was one of the first times where I was like, whoa, like the atmosphere was, was so there. Yeah, I definitely, while I was watching it, I forgot to take a note, but I was like getting vibes from something else. I can't remember what it was, though. God, I hope it jogs my memory. I had a very visceral reaction. Just all good vibes with the music. here. Yeah, very visceral reaction. I was like, this reminds me of something. I forgot to take note of it, though, and now I can't remember. I'd have to hear like a piece of the score. Was it the part with the Russian My Circus? No, in just in general, one? like the the, oh. the the score in general reminded me okay. of something. Because I love that too. I was trying to figure out like, like really listening to it, how it sounds so circusy, so um, you know, of that like Eastern European and Russian vibes, while also still being very like fantastical and like booming and very like, wow, what a show kind of th- like the like the music. If you're just listening to the music, you could almost understand what was going on. Right. Right. Um, besides that, I don't have too much more to add. I feel like it's been a kind of a cum fest just all around the table, which I, <laughs> it's always good when that happens. Um, I have some fun trivia if you guys want to I would it. love some <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we talked about how the wolf house was, um, Completed over five years. Um, so this one was actually a little bit less. It was shot over 18 months and then had two years of post-production, which I actually thought was even more impressive considering how clean and beautiful it is. Yeah, a lot more money. Uh, I think it had a budget of like 60 mil or something like that. So it is super impressive what they are able to accomplish. But can you imagine, like, 18 months seems like not that much time in the grand scheme of things, but, like... But when it means that you're shooting tiny pieces by moving them one... Just frame by frame. of an inch, yeah. Oh, my God. I really, really think it's super cool what Leica does. Like, there's nobody doing what they're doing, and it's... um, As a first feature, I mean, it doesn't get too much better... This was their first feature? Yeah. Their very first feature. I mean, what? Pixar had Toy Story. It's like, this is, you know, what a dream works to you. Fucking Shrek. Get out of here. Okay. Well, Shrek is a, is a classic. So no Shrek hate in this, in this house. Shrek is fine. I'm tired of these. (laughs) How dare you? Shrek is just a meme at this point. (laughs) It's a fucking meme. I don't want to get in an argument over the air, but uh, yes, you're wrong. Oh, come memes. on. You yeah. know it's just a meme. There's been <laughs> no, so no, many no, fucking No, 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 no. It's only a meme and... because it's so good. Nobody because it has talks that much about nostalgia. And... Oh, my God. No. Okay. We're not we're not doing this right now. But Shrek it's is fine. butt. Um, so back to Coraline. <laughs> um, I was impressed, actually, when you said that this was their first um, film because over 130 sets were built across 52 different stages spanning, get this, get this, 183,000 square feet. So that would wow. be like like a bunch of houses. <laughs> like That's a lot a, of houses. <laughs> a huge amount of space. I actually went yeah. to um, their exhibit in Portland when I visited. One really? Mm-hmm, at the art museum. What was that like? It was pretty rad. But yeah, all the little like miniatures, they had them all on display. It was pretty awesome. They're bigger than you would think, right? Or are they tiny? Mm, they're like, not that big. I mean, it obviously depends on 
what it is, but... Aren't they, uh, like, about the size of your finger, or, like, two-thirds of that, maybe? No, they're bigger Oh, they're than bigger that. than that. Oh, really? They're, like, mm-hmm. doll-sized, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, hmm. Which is not I saw small, ones for, you know? Yeah, well, I say, saw like, ones for toys, Paranorman like, back in the day, but I thought they were smaller. Maybe they were miniatures. Doesn't matter. Fucking Paranorman. Now I'm now I'm really dying to rewatch Paranorman. Like I love I've never that seen movie it. in the theater. Really? I think the only Leica one I'd seen was Kubo, and I was obsessed with, with Kubo. Paranorman, Coraline double feature, but you had to pick the Wolf House. So I thought the Wolf House was going to be the star of the show, you guys. I thought Coraline was going to be the tacked on one. <laughs> no I'm going to be honest. Way. <laughs> That's why it took me so long to actually watch it. I thought it was like a kid's, you know, I didn't think it would actually be spooky or interesting. Well, actually, I, that's also why I haven't seen Paranorman. So maybe we'll have to watch that later. Have a horror tag on IMDb. What, Coraline or Wolf House? Paranorman. Paranorman? I mean, doesn't have a horror tag. Here's the thing, though Paranorman is very, it's, more overtly inspired by horror i do think Coraline is creepier like i don't remember yeah. paranorman being creepy but i mean there's literally mm. a halloween reference in paranorman like i creamed my jeans in the theater when that happened <laughs> so <Classic>. it's yeah <laughs> i think it pays homage to a few different movies yeah for sure there's tons of horror references but yeah yeah, I think that one of the things that most impressed me about Coraline was the attention to detail from everything down to the fact that they're from Michigan. So the dad is wearing a Michigan sweater and her friends call her hosers in the little picture. And then even like and this is something I, I read about, but even like so I guess you know how when the other mother first uh, welcomes Coraline into the other world and has a welcome home cake. Um, so I guess there's a double loop on the O in home, but not in welcome. And then according to graphology, so like the study of writing, a double loop on a lowercase O means that the person who wrote it is lying, which means that there's only one double loop. So she is welcome, but she is not home. (laughs) What kind of, like, like no one, like that's the kind of detail that like, who even, does that it's like people who care so much about what they're doing that they're like every single small detail it matters and is important mm-hmm. yeah yeah two like percent of the audience is gonna catch <laughs> right, right truly <laughs> so i was just looking at uh Leica's, like budget versus box office and they their movies like pretty consistently like make money but not by much so like their first four I movies i mean that kind of makes sense their first four movies had a budget of 60 mil and like Coraline made 124 million so like doubled it but paranorman right. box trolls kubo like those were all like a little over 100 million a little less than 100 million the missing link had a hundred and two million dollar budget and only grossed twenty six million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember that movie even coming out. The trailer guys... made it look pretty lame. To be fair. Yeah. So the the owners of Leica, you guys know who it is. It's uh, the Nike, the Nike guy. Yeah. Right? So he's, he's fucking liquid. He's got money to blow. He's Wait, who's the Nike son... guy? I'm sorry. What? The owner of Nike. Chris so, Knight, I think, right? No, Phil Knight. Oh, Phil Knight. Oh, wow. So he's loaded out the wazoo with cash. So he's just letting his son do his little movie studio passion project. Doesn't matter how much money the movie's actually made. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I forgot about that connection. I knew Travis Knight. Like, I mean, you know, these movies have been so, like, beloved since Leica was a thing that I knew Travis Knight. But I had forgotten the the Nike connection. Damn, not I saying what... they're they're bad movies, but yeah, they don't like attract the uh, like the audience of like Despicable Me or Pixar. Or... How to Train Your Dragon? Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, did you guys know Leica did the claymation sequence in a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas? I had no idea. I didn't know that that was a thing. 
Oh, I yeah. It was a claymation sequence because yeah. I didn't know that that was a movie. Well, I mean, they were going for like, you know, the, the old Rogers and Hammerstein, like, uh, oh, Ru- yeah, Rudolph, but... Rudolph and shit. <clears throat> it's not bad. It's probably the worst of the three Harold and Kumar movies, but, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah, probably the worst one. But it's all right, you guys, we got to wrap her up. I'm fucking dying over all right. here. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's drop some stars on uh, Coraline. Um, 4.5 for me. I'm going full five. Whoa. Wow. Um, I went with a 4.5 as well. Like I said earlier, great movie. couple points where I was like, eh. It's a little bit of a little bit of a kids movie, just a couple moments, but otherwise, all out good, good ass movie. Solid pick, Paris. I'm glad I finally uh, <laughs> watched Coraline. <laughs> How'd you guys? Yeah, watch me it? too. Uh, rented it. Did you link up? No. Or, or did you both rent it like suckers? Well, Paris, what did you do? What do you mean? Did we link up? Like, like, you, like buy- share. Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. (laughs) I mean, I watched it the day before we were supposed to record. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you guys were like, I haven't watched it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave. So Matt only had like less than 24 hours from that point to watch Uh, it. So because it was on Amazon, they only do 48 hours once you've already watched it. Oh, right. So it was our fault. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we each paid $4 (laughs) for it. Mm -hmm. Actually, though, I only paid 48 cents because. Taking after Travis, getting those promotional credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to start doing that. <laughs> it's worth it, dude. Packages arrive like two days later. Don't have to pay for movies. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, Travis, it's your turn next. You have a All double right. feature announcement for us? Uh, I think I do, but I was going to maybe pull the well not the audience you guys <laughs> on, uh, we're gonna do a choices. twitter poll because we could do one double feature or the other and i think they both make perfect sense so are you so... like gonna say them now and ask us or do you want to decide no, no, no. we're gonna do it live we're doing it live fuck yeah dude. doing so, it live baby first choice with a bullet matt you're going back under. We're we're watching Mandy. Oh god. Uh, again. Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay. Wait, Travis, what are your themes? Uh, that'll we'll We don't even know the other movie yet. Because Okay, well I want to know the themes first. <laughs> well, one theme one theme. Maybe you guys can figure out the movies based on the themes. One would be Nicolas Cage. And the other oh hell yeah! Don't care Panos what the other movie Cosmatos. is. <laughs> okay. Oh god. <laughs> Wait. So p- p- is it Panos would be. Uh, what what would you be pairing with Mandy? What's his other piece of trash? Uh, Beyond the Black Beyond Rainbow. the Black Rainbow. Okay. Which I did I'm not like, but I've that. been curious to rewatch it. Well, what's the what's the Nick Cage combo? Uh, Color out of space. Oh, so you're saying Mandy and so, okay. So the second yes. option is either Color Out of Space or oh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. So either yes. way, it's Nick Cage. Yes. Either way, it's <laughs> then Mandy. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because, as our Patreon subscribers know, I do have a spinoff cod- podcast called "Despite All My Rage, I'm Still Out in Nick Cage," where we uh, rate Nick Cage movies, oh and by me, I mean me, myself, and I. So uh, subscribe only ninety nine dollars a month if you want to hear that top quality content. So either way, I'm good. I love Nick Cage. Uh, my preference would probably be Panos. No, Panos oh. double feature. Because I've been wanting to see Beyond the Black Rainbow and just never pulled the trigger on it. Great excuse to check the box. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like check I might like it. Check the box. Check the box. It's pretty, like, slow and artsy-fartsy from so, memory. Like, like Mandy. Uh, no, Mandy is not the same. Mandy's way better. <laughs> 
my god. You're you're just using this as an excuse to get in a rewatch before figure out where it lands in your fucking top five. <laughs> Matt, you're blowing the load for the main line. No, honestly, I want I I want you to give it a second chance. Because I didn't really love it the first time I watched it. And then I also want Paris to watch it. And I also kind of want Kurt to watch it. So if Hell he hasn't yeah. seen it already. Oh, my God. I, am I don't think get so. So high. Hell and yeah. I'm going to just. I think that might have been the problem the first time, though. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, I think you were Maybe very you just high when you high watched enough. it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is it official? Or are we doing Mandy Beyond the Black Rainbow? Let's do it. Where is Beyond the Black Rainbow I'm streaming sure anywhere? I have it on my Voodoo. Beyond the Black Rainbow? Yeah. Nice. And then uh, I think Mandy's, Mandy's on, on there on too. Shutter. Well, no. Mandy I don't it? think it's on my Voodoo. I'm or pretty actually, sure. No, is. you're right. You're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh subscribe to the Patreon to get Travis's uh Voodoo <laughs> login information. Uh <laughs> Hey, that's only ninety nine dollars per month. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll uh, gladly share. Hell yeah! All right, a steal. So <laughs> stay tuned for next time where we'll be uh, checking out those bangers. Can't God, can't wait, can't <laughs> wait. Um, all right, well, that's gonna do it. Thank you everybody for listening. Stay spooky. Stay scared.